Welcome to Monmouth Community Christian Church. It's wonderful to worship the Lord with you today. Well, today's a very special Sunday because today we get to hear from uh, our Chinese pastor, Pastor David Har, who's graciously agreed to come and share God's word with us. So welcome, Pastor David. Good morning, uh, everyone. I'd like to wish you uh, and your family a wonderful, joyful Christmas season. Let me turn to the scriptures for this morning. It's in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. Let me read God's word here. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel says to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. Verse 11. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Let's pray together. Our dear Heavenly Father, indeed, we give thanks to you for your wonderful gift of Jesus Christ into this world. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together this morning as we worship you, as we continue to serve you and listen to your word. May your spirit fill our hearts so that we are touched and we are convicted so that we will continue to serve you mightily in this pandemic season. Strengthen us, Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Uh, In the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 7, it it says this way, There is a time for every event under heaven, a time to be silent, and a time to speak. Now, we know that some people, like me, we we prefer a time of silence, And yet, uh, there are also people who just love to talk. And each has its own benefits and shortcomings. And the question is, when should we be silent? And when can we talk? I've been married for over 35 years. And each and every day, I still struggle to try to figure it out. Now, that silence is not necessarily a good thing especially between husband and wife, and also between friends and co-workers. If a married couple remains silent for days, it might mean that there are some problems in their marriage or in their relationship, and and they would need to self-reflect on their own and then communicate with each other and try to rebuild their relationship. Now, the same thing is true between God and man. 
especially in this pandemic season, for many Christians have become dead silent, and, and they are drifting away from their God. And yet, by God's mercy, we know that it is always our Lord who takes the initiative to find his lost sheep. Now, during the 400 years of dead silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Israelites had no prophet. They had no king. And worst of all, not even one single word from their God. It is simply a period of extreme darkness, loneliness, and pity for those Jews. And yet, we have to remember, the Lord had never abandoned them. And he continues to carry out his plan of salvation. Now specifically, in the year 4 BC, God sent an angel to appear before his chosen people. If you recall, first uh, this angel appeared to uh, Zechariah, and then to Mary, followed by Joseph. So this morning, we're going to study uh, this passage in Luke chapter 2. It records the incident when the angel appears to the shepherds. It relates to what the shepherd has seen and heard at the time, which is the good news of a great joy. So let us close our eyes, go back to the first Christmas Eve 2,000 years ago, and let us listen and imagine and reflect upon that good news of a great joy. What does it have to do with us today, with you and me? Now, first of all, the good news of great joys consists of God's magnificent calling, which includes the following two aspects. First, the good news was entrusted to the shepherds, as you can see in this picture. In verse 8, it says, In the fields of Bethlehem there were some shepherds keeping watch over the flock by night. And back then in the Jewish culture, shepherds were often despised because they lived in such a poor life with little, even no education. And they were even deemed ceremonially unclean by the priests, especially those shepherds um, who had to work night shifts. They would surely felt... Um, even more rejected by other people. And yet, on this special dark, cold night, in verse 9 it says, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before those shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around him, around them, and they were terribly frightened. Now we can imagine, imagine we are the shepherds, will be purely petrified too. So the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. Now, interestingly, this good news of great joy did not first come upon the king in the palace, nor the priest in the temple, but 
upon the shepherds in the fields. Now, from a, a human perspective, these shepherds, they were neither wise nor powerful, yet God somehow has chosen those lowly, unworthy people in the society and even entrust them with the most important good news ever in this history. Now, how could this be happening at the time? Now, undoubtedly, our human nature is uh, known for its arrogance. We, we love to compete and compare with one another. For example, someone may say, you go to Harvard, I go to MIT. Now, you drive a BMW, I drive Lexus. Now, even as Christians, if we are not careful, we could also display our so-called spiritual pride, especially us leaders here, now, those teachers or those who are especially gifted. It is so easy, so easy to look down on someone. For example, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the high priest, he was quite amazed by this Peter and John by the courage to share the gospel in front of all these people. For to him, to this priest, they were simply poor, illiterate fishermen. How could they ever do these things? And yet, God sees not as man sees. If we recall in the story of David, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, 7 says, For men look at outward appearance, but the Lord look at the heart. God not only did not despise those shepherds, but also chose them to do these great things for him. So dear brothers and sisters, when God's calling come upon us, how should we respond to him? First, let us self-reflect in humility. And we might think this way, why me, Lord, why me? And then let us respond with a grateful heart. Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to do as you wish. Now, if God's calling does not come upon us, let's not be upset and let's not ask God and say, why not me? Why not me? For James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So therefore, we should always be humble in season and out of season. Now, this good news concerns not only those shepherds, but also the Jews and even all the people in this world. Why does this good news matter to you and me? Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in addition, Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, The wages of sin is what? Is death. Furthermore, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, And inasmuch as it is appointed for man to die once, and after this comes judgment. So indeed, the world needs to be saved from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, and also from the presence of sin. And yet, we all know that since man cannot save ourselves, what should we do? Thanks be to God. John 3.16 says, 
For God so loved this world that his, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. So the good news of God's salvation is indeed what the world needs most today. However, sadly, not everybody would receive this salvation from God. You might question, why not? The key is whether he believes in Jesus or not. That's the key. So as John 3.18 says, He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Therefore, we see why now. Since King Herod in the palace and those high priests in the temple, they have repeatedly doubted and despised and rejected Jesus. Therefore, they all end up going to hell. Now today, um, if the U.S. government, the CDC, were to report a good news for all the people, it could be about a certain company. Uh, this company just released a super, super vaccine which can immunize people against all COVID-19 variants from alpha to omega. Now, you only need to take this vaccine one time. Uh, take one shot and you are immune forever. The question is, would you accept this vaccine right away? Now, surely, it all depends on whether you trust in this CDC, whether you trust this company. Now, for those seekers, friends among us, I'm sure there are some even online, uh, let me proclaim to you the good news, which is that God's salvation is available and He is trustworthy as such are you willing to receive by faith this free and precious Christmas gift from above today? It's an important decision you have to make today. Now, second, this great news of uh, joy consists of uh, God's sacrificial gifting. For God so loves the world that He actually has given us the following. First, is the birth of Christ. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the angel says, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now to the surprise of those shepherds, when they hear this news, they were just completely baffled. The good news for all the people refers simply to the birth of a little baby. And yet, this baby has three very unique titles. What are those titles? First, he is Savior, and then he is Christ, and he is Lord. Now back in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel says to Joseph, he, he says, Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For it is he who will 
save his people from their sins. Now, therefore, the name of Jesus means what? Means Savior. So why was Jesus born? Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the gift of God is eternal life in our Lord Christ Jesus. Therefore, the birth of this Savior is indeed good news of great joy for everyone, for all the people in this world. So, dear brothers and sisters, what the world has longed for today may well be the next most effective, lasting vaccine during this pandemic. And yet, what the world needs most is Jesus Christ, the Savior. For only He can eliminate all these viruses and only He can forgive all our sins. So if we trust in Jesus and follow after Him, God will surely keep us safe. We can trust in Him. And then this title, this baby, He is Christ. Now we know that the Hebrew word Messiah and the Greek word Christ both refer to the same person, to the anointed one. So in the past thousands of years, the Jews, they were waiting and waiting, looking forward for the coming of this Messiah. And I think they missed the boat. This Messiah has uh, three unique qualities. First, he is the great king of kings and lord of lords. And then he is also the great high priest, according to the order of Megizedek. And then thirdly, he is the great prophet in these end times. And then there's one third title that this baby has. He is Lord. He is Lord. So important. In the period of the Roman Empire, at that time, the word Lord had so many usages, different usages. For those Romans, since they rule over many slaves, those slaves simply call their masters Lord. In addition, the Roman emperor, uh, Caesar, he was the ultimate law as he ruled over the whole nation. However, for those Jews, they would never call anyone Lord except the Lord himself. For to them, the term Lord means what? Means God. Now, dear brothers and sisters, um, isn't it amazing um, that this child was born into the world for you and me? Nobody born into the world for you and me except this special child. And thanks be to God, um, 2,000 years ago in the city of David, that child was born. And in um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Although Jesus exists in the form of God, he did not regard uh, equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. So the all-important question is, what does the birth of this child means to you and me today. That's so important. Have we truly welcomed Christ into our hearts to be our Lord and Savior? Now, there's also another 
uh, aspect, um, which is um, the sign of a baby. This baby Jesus is not only fully divine, but also he is fully a human, just like any other baby in this world. All these babies, they come out of their mother's womb and they are wrapped in cloths, same as baby Jesus. The question is, how could those shepherds on that very night find this baby? How could they find it? Thanks be to God. He also gave those shepherds what a sign of the baby. That's how you find the baby. How so? In verse 12, the angel said, And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That's a key. That's a sign. Lying in a manger. Now, therefore, we can see that during that time, it is quite uncommon to lay a newborn in a dirty, stinky manger. Nobody would do that. Any loving, sensible parent would never do that. So that's why this is a unique sign. And yet, we can think about how our Heavenly Father, because He wants to redeem the world, He's willing to do so with His beloved Son as a sign for the shepherds. And in addition, God also arranged a series of uh, difficult journey uh, for Joseph and Mary so that they had to travel for a while. And when Joseph came up from uh, Nazareth uh, to Bethlehem, it was, happened to be time for Mary to give birth. And in verse 7, it says that she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths and lay him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. How amazing that situation is. In the face of such adversity, we see that Joseph and Mary, they never complained to God or even abandoned this Jesus somewhere. Rather, they actually trust in God's goodness and in his plan. So, dear brothers and sisters, in these end times, with this pandemic arriving waves after waves, let us not be fearful, but let us step forward in faith according to God's will, just like Mary and Joseph. We should never doubt God, nor blame Him, as Psalm 18.30 says, As for God, His way is what? His way is perfect. And Romans 8.28, we all know that um, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Therefore, let us not be fearful. Let us not be fearful at all in this pandemic season. And thirdly, this good news of great joy consists of God's gracious blessings. Now, according to um, verse 13, on that Christmas Eve, besides the angels' proclamation of the good news, there appeared a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. For Jesus' birth, 
has two very important purposes. The primary goal of Jesus' birth is to bring glory to God in the highest. That's the main goal. Now, how so? From his humble birth in a manger, through his preaching of the gospel and healing of the sick, to his humiliating death on the cross, Jesus strived to reveal God's divine attributes and also his mighty deeds so as, so as to give his Father all the glory to his names. And um, before his death, in John chapter 7, verse 4, Jesus prayed to God and said, I glorify thee on the earth, having accomplished the work which thou hast given me to do. That's Jesus' purpose in this world, to give God all the glory to his name. Now, we can ask ourselves, why should we Christians also need to glorify God? And there are two basic reasons. The first one is because God created you and me. In Isaiah chapter 43, 7, the Lord referred to his people as whom I have created for what? For my glory. We are created to glorify God. And then the second reason is God redeem us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, Paul said to the disciples, For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. We are precious in God's sight, so we have to glorify Him. So how should we Christians glorify God? And there are three basic ways. The first way is to live for God, to live for Him, simple as that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So dear brothers and sisters, our human nature, we, we love to drive, uh, our human nature loves to drive us to satisfy, satisfy ourselves. We only think about ourselves. However, God's will is that we should glorify Him in everything we do, especially in our Sunday worship. Therefore, we should always prepare our spirit, our heart, our body to worship God proactively every Sunday morning. We prepare not Sunday morning, but the night before. And then a second way to glorify God is to shine for the Lord. In Matthew chapter 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So dear brothers and sisters, if you ever think, come across a non-believer who complains about Christians' bad behaviors, they, they don't want to come to church. They don't want to believe in Jesus because they saw something not good about certain Christians. When you hear about such news, how would you feel? Do you feel sad? So therefore, let us honor God. Just like Jesus' example, not only to love our neighbors as ourselves, but also deny ourselves for them so that through our good deeds, people will come to receive Jesus and then 
God will be glorified too. And then there's one third way to glorify God. It is to bear fruit for the Lord. In John chapter 15, verse 5, it says, The Lord says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot do nothing. You can do nothing. And by this, in my Father is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so proves to be my disciples. So what are some fruit that we can bear? There are three basic types that I can think of. The first one is the fruit of repentance, which means that not only I'm saved, but also I ask God to forgive my sins daily. Then also we can bear the fruit of the Spirit, which refers to a victorious living. Each day we lift out Christ in our lives. And then there's also the fruit of evangelism. That means I, I win people over to Christ. We, lead, we, we share the gospel. We testify for Christ before non-believers. So, dear brothers and sisters, when, when a person becomes saved, he can both live a victorious life himself and also win people over for the Lord. It's a win-win situation. Therefore, we Christians should imitate Christ not only to glorify God on earth, but also accomplish what He has entrusted us to do, which is to witness for Him. Now, the secondary goal of Jesus' birth is to bring peace among men on earth, not just any man. In verse 14, it specifically says, on earth, Peace among men with whom what? He is pleased. This is in fact a uh, conditional promise. God will only give peace to those whom He is pleased. Those who believe in the name of the Lord, just as in Hebrews chapter 11 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For for he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Therefore, if any man desires true peace in this world, he must have faith in Jesus. Now, um, recently I heard that the stock market has been very volatile, even followed sharply from a high. Why did it happen? It turned out that uh, some people, um, when they heard of this Omicron virus, they become very nervous. They become fearful and they lost confidence of the future. So even us Christians, we could also become anxious and fearful too. And yet, let's remind one another, our peace should not be based on wealth on this earth from our true God in heaven. Our faith should be based on Christ. So therefore, whether in season or out of season, we continue to return to the church to worship and serve just like before. As uh, in the Old Testament, we, we know this story about Daniel, the prophet. Uh, 
uh, one day he heard the king Darius um, imposed a ban against kneeling before any god for 30 days. So when he heard about this um, ban uh, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, he returns home, he enters his house, and he goes upstairs, and he opens the window facing Jerusalem. And the Bible said he continued kneeling three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. So we see that Daniel is such a person of faith. He did not worry about his life because his heart was completely at peace in the midst of this storm. So dear brothers and sisters, believe it or not, even for our, especially for our young people there here, our nation is going downhill rapidly. And the only way for a brighter future is not for our government to keep on giving out more relief money, nor for pharmaceutical companies to launch better vaccines. The future of our nation depends very much on people turning their hearts back to Jesus Christ and his salvation. As John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. When we are at peace with God, then we will truly experience peace among men on this earth. So finally, um, dear brothers and sisters, in this pandemic season, do you long for a perfect Christmas? By God's grace, um, our church will be holding a Christmas Eve joint worship on Christmas Eve. Um, let's invite our loved ones, our friends. Let us gather together and praise God, just like those angels 2,000 years ago. On that Christmas Eve today, whether in person or online, let us praise God with one voice, singing, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those who please Him. Let's pray together. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you. Indeed, it is your wonderful gift of Jesus Christ into this world. Thank you, Jesus, for humbling yourself and coming to this world to save us as sinners. We pray that as we celebrate this Christmas, that indeed our lives will be changed. Indeed, we will witness for you. Bring more friends in our midst. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.